welcome to Whatever It Takes, a podcast about Degrassi, the next generation. I'm Kelsey. And I'm Holland. And today we're talking about season five, episodes seven and eight, Turned Out. And today we actually have a very special guest with us. Returning, we have Cody Keplinger. Hello. Welcome back, Cody. We're so excited to have you. Thank you for having me come back. I was very excited about this episode. <laughs> oh, I know. Well, we had to have you on for like the next like big JT Liberty situation. Uh, yeah, someone's got to represent the the Jiberty team. <laughs> Although I, as I was saying before we started recording, I don't entirely disagree with you on some of your feelings about JT and Liberty. I like them best when, other than the first episode when they first kiss, which was adorable. But I like them best when they are at their angstiest, because when they're happy, they are kind of boring. They're boring and like kind of obnoxious, but when they're angsty, you're just like, okay. Yeah, I actually like it a lot, and we'll talk more about that in this episode. Totally. Um, so I'm gonna read YouTube summaries. Um, all right, part one. JT is under a lot of stress and starts to fold under the pressure. Liberty is six months pregnant and JT discovers can't afford to take care of himself, Liberty, and a baby. I did not mess that up. That's how they wrote it. Um, (laughs) Desperate for money, JT starts stealing drugs from the pharmacy and selling them to a drug dealer. Emma goes on a date with Derek but ends up being far more attracted to Peter. I mean, whatever. Well, that's actually the... Is that was that for both episodes? No, that's just part one. Oh, okay. I was gonna say they cut slightly repetitive. They could have cut that whole first sentence out. I mean, they could have also said they could have not used the word drug like four times either. (laughs) But then how he steals drugs and sells the drugs to a drug dealer. Speaking of, speaking of part two, JT wants out of selling drugs, but the dealer. Well, at least they didn't say, but the drug dealer. But the dealer refuses to let him quit. A path of self-destruction and and lies causes JT to lose the people he cares about most. Snake faces similar obstacles when he recounts all the regrets in his life. What? What, what the fuck is that? That's wrong. That's just wildly. Snake is going through something really similar in that he's having like kind of a midlife crisis. But like, What? Literally the sub, like, spoilers, the second, like, the B-plot is literally just Snake wants to buy a motorcycle (laughs) (laughs) and Joey being a bad influence. Yeah. Yeah. It has nothing to do with, okay. Uh, Speaking of things that have nothing to do with things, let's talk about the song, the episode title. So it took me a long time to figure out what this title was named after. Um, and the closest I could get was a song by a band called Helmet that was released in 1992. It's like super hard rocky sounding. It's like not a good song. And I have no <laughs> idea what it's about. It's, oh, the episode title is Turned Out. Um, I don't know what the song is about. I can't understand the lyrics of the song. And I don't even know if this is the true song because... The Degrassi Wiki says it's a song by Paul McCartney, but that song came out in 2013, so that is impossible because this episode came out in 2005, so I don't know. But as far as the episode, I guess it's like, does does it relate to drug things? Like you're turned out? Is that like a high term or am I like putting too much onto that? 
I think it's a prostitution thing. Yeah, yeah like it is. Tricks. Yeah, I don't. I don't know. I don't think it makes sense, but fine. Uh, and the Paul McCartney song, it, like he didn't just like remaster it in 2013. I couldn't find any record of it prior to 2013. Super weird. I don't know. I. I'm just gonna chalk this up to the titles don't make sense. No, they do not. Um, some, some once in a while we'll get one where it's like, oh, I get it. But um, I can mean, I can I volunteer a substitution title? Yes, please. it's not from the '80s, but I immediately went to call this just like a pill, like the Pink song. Yes, appropriate, <laughs> perfect, because pills. I would even accept like that song, White Lines. Is that from the '80s or is that '70s? I truly don't know. I'm sorry, but that would have been good too. I would have taken that. I don't know. This is stupid. Also, I'm sure the 80s has some Papa don't song. Preach. Papa. <laughs> that would have worked too. I get, yeah. Or yeah, something. Something. Have they used Papa Don't Preach yet? I don't think so. Really? No, I would have remembered putting that in the background of this episode. That's true. I could have sworn that's what they named the Manny episode, but maybe not. No. Which one? The, the one pregnancy she, the episode. The pregnancy one. What was that one? That's Accidents Will Happen. Oh, that's dumb. They should have called that one Papa Don't Preach. Or this one. I don't know. Stupid. I'm dumb and I'm mad about it. Let's talk about this episode. <laughs> also, we got to show Cody the opener where Spinner is by himself. And for both episodes, the three of us just cackled and scared the dogs. And it was great. Oh, Spinner. It was great. So the episode starts with... JT and Liberty are in Miss Sauvé's office talking to her. And she's and they're like, so what should we do first? Like, and Miss Sauvé is like, you need first we need to schedule a doctor's appointment because you're six months pregnant. And I'm like, fucking finally, we're going to the goddamn doctor about this fucking baby. It makes me so angry. Also, six months pregnant. That's like. Okay, so I have a couple of timeline related questions <laughs> involving this so she got pregnant over the summer yes that's what we that was what was established yeah okay that's when they had sex yeah so she presumably got pregnant over the summer six months from then we would be entering like winter yes at this point theoretically well when we found out she was three months pregnant so that would have been like in the fall. So yeah. yeah, it should for sure be winter right now. And also they say she's 15. So did she start school like a year early? Because she's a junior at this point. I don't know. I mean, I, it wouldn't be surprising to me if Liberty was a year younger than everyone else. I I know this is a ridiculous thing to point out. I am just, I have issues with math and timelines. No, I'm it's that person. It's a fucked up timeline. Like it doesn't track at all. And did they confirm in the episode, or are we just going based off of the YouTube that she's six months pregnant? They said it. They said it multiple times. Yeah. Oh, I six months just totally forgot. Also, yeah. in the last episode, when they were taking care of that fucking digital baby, she kept saying, they kept saying how she was six months pregnant. Well, no, that I remember. I know that they said it in the last episode, but the timeline for this is so crazy that maybe like two months has gone by <laughs> since the last time that we saw the digital baby. Yeah, she's definitely six months pregnant. 
it looked like it was picking up like exactly where the last one left off with their storyline because it their storyline previously ended with JT being like we need to go to Miss Sauve and then and then this episode was them in her office. So it even though like, multiple episodes have happened between these, yeah, <laughs> it seemed like it happened like fairly immediately after that happened. Or maybe it just took her a few weeks to agree to go see Miss Sylvie. I maybe. don't know. Or maybe this is, or maybe just the other storylines. I don't, I don't know. I'm trying to like justify it, but I've, I've got nothing. It's stupid and it's out of, it, like it doesn't make any sense timeline wise. Also, like it's definitely not winter because Emma's wearing tank tops on tank tops on tank tops. <laughs> yes. Speaking yeah, of, should Canada. we do fashion police? Are we going to do fashion police right off the bat? I don't have a ton of notes. I don't have a ton either, so. Most of mine are about hair. Do you want to talk about all your hair notes? Because I also have hair thoughts. Oh, okay. So um, Manny's hair continues to not be good. Um, but again, looks slightly better. Yes, because she's got it like slightly pulled back. Like there's, she's, a, there's a scene with her and Craig and Emma where she's like, I don't know. It's it's cuter. It looks less layery. Yeah, it's still not good. It's like her, still not good. Her but hair it's, was so fi- like it was fine before. And as I think i pointed out before we started recording it does not get better from here <laughs> also i'm pretty sure manny wears the same tank top in both parts of this episode like the entire time it's like a baby pink tank top that says costa rica on it <laughs> that i was, was like what is happening maybe um, she has multiple of that same tank top. she just got like a two-for-one deal at abercrombie or something <laughs> um speaking of shirts that say things Emma is wearing a shirt at one point that says free spirit, but it's spelled, I think, S-P-Y-R-I-T. What? I don't know why <laughs> either. It's just that's what it's doing. And that's, uh, somebody made that shirt and somebody in costuming was like, this seems like an Emma thing, which it actually does. Like, it's pretty spot on. But she's wearing like a shirt and says free spirit. And I'm like, what is happening here? And it's spelled wrong. Also, Emma's not really a free spirit. Emma's not a free spirit. <laughs> we, can, we can talk about that more Emma later. Emma is so goddamn tightly wound. It's unbelievable. Um, yes, she is wearing a tank top over another tank top at some point. Um, I think twice. At multiple points. Yeah, yeah. that's a thing. Um, Jay's hair. Oh, it's so bad. That was next on my list. So when he first appeared, I just said, well, at least he's not wearing his hat. <laughs> <laughs> but it would have covered up what was happening underneath it because it's like it's flowy, but it doesn't work for him. No, it's like trying to be Sean Hunter, like hair bang like face curtains things whatever but it's not it's not good it's it's like i don't know it was too flat on top or something (laughs) well that's what i was gonna say i was gonna say it's poorly executed sean hunter it's not right and oh right or strong so pretty um also he's wearing this like chain that just looks like paper clips but like (laughs) but like like intense like intense paper chain necklace my new band is intense paper chain (laughs) (laughs) he also wears his tiny sunglasses multiple times again which delights me (laughs) oh i love jay so much i love the tiny sunglasses (laughs) fucking oh my god we're gonna talk about the drug dealer for a hundred (laughs) years but all of his outfits are crazy he looks like rob durdick from ridiculousness he just he dresses like he dresses like Eminem meets like shitty skateboarder from like 
2007. It's bad. He literally wears a sideways baseball hat, and I'm not here for it. He also has, like, a like a star tattoo on his shoulder, which does not look very badass, but okay. <laughs> um, The one scene Craig is in, he looks good, but that's normal. Yeah, Craig always looks good. Peter also got a haircut, and I'm like... God damn it, you look better, but I hate you, but you're pretty, kind of. Peter, I just, maybe I just find him so repulsive I can't find him pretty. Which is alarming, considering my like of Jay. <laughs> Girl, I feel you. Except that I'm like, I wrote, I'm like, Peter is scummy, but he's also like, douchebag hot he's like a guy in the frat that you don't want to make out with but you're probably gonna like make out with and not tell anyone about he's, he's like chad michael murray hot no yes, yes. Chad michael murray is so much better looking peter like no he's tristan from gilmore girls he's he's chad michael murray as tristan from gilmore girls okay, not chad michael murray girls. from one tree, one tree hill because chad michael murray in one tree hill is like sweet boy and lovely um except but chad, he's a serial cheater but that's a well yeah but other than that he's craig I mean, He's he's he, he is Craig and he's beautiful, but Chad Michael Murray in Gilmore Girls is a scumbag. He actually he might be Peter. Yeah, totally. I think Peter's just too preppy for my for my taste, and I like like nerdy kind of guys. But Peter's just like oh, yeah, ugh, I don't Peter know. Peter was like my middle school taste, so I am ashamed to admit that when this was live, I like had a crush on Peter, even though I knew he was a monster. But he like looked like all the boys I had crushes on because I was like such a like goody goody I love all the preppy boys he does look very of that time I will say uh Spike is wearing blue eyeshadow just yeah I just yeah Spike's hair also looks amazing so good I just love Spike I I like the I almost wore blue eyeshadow here today so she but like she does it like very of the time where it's like it's all the way like above her eyes and beyond and I wear my eyeshadow like all the way above my eyes and beyond but it's like it's just like one solid there's no like it's just like a swatch on her (laughs) face (laughs) It's, okay. a, it's a lot. It's a lot, but it's not as much as like some people do it. So I was like, I was like in between. I was like, I think I hate this, but it's not the worst thing. It's like I can live with it. It's also like not too bright. I don't know. I'm, I'm very on the um, fence, but I mostly don't like it. Snakes motorcycle clothes. Oh, my God. We can't skip over that. I no. I need to get that conversation started. I mean, I don't hate them. Oh, I do. <laughs> I really don't. Oh, I do. I'm like, this is very stupid, and he looks dumb, but I'm like, he also looks kind of like the Thriller video. <laughs> he, like, that is his outfit. It's the Thriller video, which might be why I like it, because I don't hate it. Oh, I do. I just, it, he, he looks like he's trying too hard, which I think is the point. Yeah. But it, 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 you know what it reminded me of? It reminded me of that episode of Friends where Joey buys all the Porsche-related Porsche stuff. stuff. <laughs> like, that's what it reminded me of. Like, just, like, going all in too hard. My, yeah. That sounded dirty. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> no, he's, be, he's like a motor, or he's like a sports bike tryhard in this episode, for sure. He's a super tryhard, but I just don't hate the outfit. I, I, I think what it is, I think I like the jacket. 
I could do without the pants. <laughs> like, like just have the jacket and like wear jeans like a normal human. You don't need the pants to match. But the jacket doesn't suck. I just, I stand by this. I like the jacket. I just think it look, made him look super, super nerdy. <laughs> totally. <laughs> I am with you, Cody. Um, my only other note that I have is Emma wears like a purple tie-dye shirt at one point that I was not on board for. I probably owned that shirt. I mean, I definitely owned that <laughs> shirt, but I didn't like it. I didn't like that it was never straight on her shoulders. I was like, I feel like somebody who works on that set should have fixed it. And it was always like slightly off kilter in one direction or the other. And I was like, no, I'm not here for this. Um, But those are all of my fashion notes. Yeah, that's it for me, too. Oh, this is random. I noticed I really like Miss um, Hatzalakis for the principal. I like her hair. She's got great hair. Her hair has improved over time because at the beginning it was like way too big. It was like, yes. it was like 80s hot yeah. and it was too much. Right. But like this episode, I actually really liked her hair. She's getting hotter over time, which is yeah. kind of great, but also kind of upsetting. Also, Emma's hair was amazing in this episode, like in super like flowy and like beachy blonde looking. She ditched the bangs and I actually think that was probably a good call. Yeah. Like, she, she was cute with bangs, but, like, the beachy look really works for her. She has my dream hair. She has the hair I'll never achieve. She has Disney princess hair. She does have Disney princess hair. She has Disney princess life. I'm so jealous of how attractive she is. Um, So, yeah. They're in the Biden's counselor's office, and they're finally making a goddamn doctor's appointment. And... And then JT just immediately starts pressuring Liberty into adoption. He's like, oh, yeah, we're obviously adopting. It's the only option. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And Liberty's like, oh, I don't know about that. Blah, blah, blah. And we're all like, god damn it, Liberty. You never, like, can make the the correct decision. Like, look, they're both in the wrong here. Because JT is right that they should consider adoption. Um, But he does put a lot of pressure on her immediately. That said... Liberty needs to make a decision about something. She won't even tell her parents. That's the other thing Miss uh, Miss Sove brings up is like no one but her brother and Toby knows. And I'm like, yeah. those are the two people that matter least. <laughs> and like in the entire world. <laughs> right. And I'm like, <laughs> of all the people to know this, why it's like, ugh, anyway. But... Like, so JT is right in that, like, they need to do something and considering adoption is a good move. But he also is pressuring her a little too much, I think. He's just so pushy. Like, I don't think he's wrong. Like, they Mm. should definitely go with adoption, you fucking dummies. You guys are just going to hear me be really mad at them for, like, this entire thing. But it's like, they're so, they're so stupid. I just, I get so mad. And Liberty is normally such a rational person that I'm like, what are you doing? Um, But... Yeah, but he is going about it all wrong. Like, he was so pushy. He was like, we're obviously going with adoption. No, you shut up. Like, basically the entire time. And I, I mean, was like, you need that bad. No, but he was, he was like, he was steamroller, which is normally her steez. So, yeah, yeah, I, I agree. He went, he went too far. Everybody in this entire situation doesn't know how to, like, handle, like, approach the people that they're dealing with. Like, JT doesn't know 
to ease off and to not pressure her into doing something that she doesn't know she wants to do. And also, I think we see where she gets her weird steamroller tendencies from because later when they finally do tell her parents, her dad is like, or her mom is like, oh, obviously we'll help you. And Liberty's like, oh, but not if JT's involved. And her dad's like, I don't ever want to see him again. And you're like, oh, wait, parenting wait. 101, do not like push away the boyfriend or she will go running. Like, how do people not know this? Uh, we will have, I have lots of thoughts on that scene when we get to yeah, it. Her so parents are Nobody knows how to do anything. Um, the theme song goes, and then we see that JT is working on a children's show. And I'm like, so we just never found out how this actually happened. It's just like, blam, like he's on the children's show now. Here we go. And it was, I was like, oh, okay. I guess we never saw this happened. Yeah. Well, to be fair to him, whenever he did try to bring up TV related stuff, Liberty yelled at him. Yeah. I mean,. She she did shoot him down like every step of the way. I was so sad. Oh, we'll talk about his TV thing. And it just makes me so sad. So he's doing the TV thing and Toby shows up and is like, hey, you forgot we had plans to see Clown Academy 3, which gets name checked so many times in this two-parter. Um, and JT's like, hey, sorry, between this and like the pharmacy, because he's still working at the pharmacy. Um and he's like, the two things that will solve that you know will solve my problems right now are a mochaccino and adoption. And Toby's, you know, basically like, is Liberty cool with that? And JT's like, well, she needs to be because we cannot have a kid. And I'm like, you're correct. Toby acts so shocked, and Liberty acts the same way, and it's very confusing to me because they're both like, <gasps> adoption, and I'm like, that seems like the mo- like not just the most rational, but also like the least like inflammatory like emotionally for other people like suggestion because like miss like miss obey like right away is like so it's too late for abortion i'm like thank god somebody's saying it um and like liberty is very like no way but like they're reacting as if jt was like being like the only two things that are gonna solve this for me are a mochaccino and an abortion which, like, I would kind of, like, even though, like, I'm very, obviously very pro-choice and, like, abortion is our fucking right, um, it, I, I would understand getting that response because it's, like, it's a little, like, if anything, at the least it's a little, like, crass, but it's, I, adoption is not that crazy. They're acting like he wants to, like, put the baby in a basket and, like, leave it on somebody's <laughs> doorstep, <laughs> like... Like, they're freaking out. Like, she's freaking out about it. Like, it's Moses, and they're going to, like, push him down the river and, like, hope that the pharaoh discovers him, like, and adopts him as his own. I Like, oh, man. Do you guys remember when they made that into, a, like, a cartoon movie? <gasps> Prince of Egypt. I love it's Prince actually, of Egypt. It's, it holds it's up. It's so good. It's good. It's really good. The music is good. The animation's beautiful. Gorgeous. And also, it's, like, the only, like movie about egypt that they didn't put in white people even though it's a cartoon well like at least it's not a white cartoon were the voice actors white though i don't remember i'm legitimately I asking mean, probably probably i don't remember <laughs> but yeah but at no, least, the, the, at the, least the, the cartoons weren't no they were distinctly not white thank god i saw that movie in theaters <laughs> with genevieve and her mom it was great I don't know if I want... I just IMDb'd it. 
I don't know if I want to tell you the cast because the first two, the first name I saw is Val Kilmer as Moses. <laughs> Ray Fiennes is Ramses. Yeah, nope. Michelle Pfeiffer is Zipporah, and Sandra Bullock is Miriam. Oh my God, Jeff Goldblum is in it too. Danny Glover, Patrick Stewart, Helen Mirren is the queen, fitting. Wait, is Danny Glover the only Danny he, Glover? He's Jethro. Yeah, so far he's the only person of color in this yeah, cast. I was gonna say. Steve Martin, Martin Short, um, James Avery, a.k.a. Um, Uncle Phil, I think, from Prince Fresh Prince of Bel-Air. And, yeah, it's just, yeah, that's all, that's all I got, except for... Uncle Phil and Danny Glover. Okay, wait. So, question. I take that back. It is all the white people, but at least the cartoons aren't white. It could be worse. <laughs> who who is worse equipped to be Moses, Val Kilmer or Christian Bale? <laughs> Probably Val Kilmer. Yeah. Wait, Christian Bale was Moses in that one movie, right? I I, I think the so. Exodus movie. I'm not making this up, right? No, no, no. Okay, I just remember. Holland is confirming, but I like I truly have no idea what you're talking about, so I cannot. There was a Ridley Scott movie, and the cast. No, yeah, all of them yeah. is white people. Christian Bale is Moses. Joel Edgerton was Ramses. Ben Kingsley was in it, who also is known to play like people of color. When probably sh- he won an Oscar for playing Gandhi, didn't he? <laughs> okay, what? yeah. In like the eight, was it in the eighties or the nineties? I, I don't remember. Sigourney Weaver's also in this. John Turturro was in it. Aaron Paul was in this movie. Yes. Ben Mendelsohn. I didn't actually so watch it. So many white but. people. Okay. I'm done. <laughs> oh, boy. You guys. So point being, we're bad at casting Moses. We're bad at casting Moses for sure. But yeah, no, they are reacting like he's going to like drop him on a doorstep or fucking sail him down the river in a basket, um, which is crazy to me because it's it's. Uh, it's not that it's not crazy yeah he even says like liberty is 15 she's pregnant like we like we have to go adoption this is insane um but then the next scene emma comes into the dot and manny and craig are being disgusting and like making out and being coupley and emma's kind of third wheeling and she's like oh i thought we were going to study and manny and craig are like oh sorry we're going to this thing you can come if you want to and emma's like no fuck that i don't want to be your third wheel and i'm sure you don't want me to go either i kind of love this emma she like throughout this entire episode she's so like just knocking out zingers left and right She's just, she's like, oh, that's almost persuasive. Like, she's like, she's just so funny throughout the whole thing. And I was like, Emma, I love it. I was really enjoying her as a human. Um, but yeah, no, they, they're just like, you should come. And she's like, nope, got a hot date with this book. Like, it's a very sexy shade of red. And I'm like, Emma, I'm really enjoying you as a human. Yeah, she's turned up the snark. And that's kind of that whole scene. And then JT is at his second job. Um, at the pharmacy in the mall and then just Jay comes in and is like hey like what's happening stock boy la 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 and is like kind of approaching him to try to see if he can like deal drugs for him or something. Well, I, think, I think originally Jay is there and I think he's gonna shoplift something. Oh yeah he's like shoplifting as he's speaking to JT. Yeah and at first JT just 
pretends Jay's not there. And it's so <laughs> glorious. Like, JT just doesn't look at him, just walks past him. And Jay just, like, follows him like a puppy. It's kind of hilarious. And then he's like, so, like, what's going on with you? You're working so much. Oh, and he, like, teases him about, like, the children's show, which I'm like... Literally, no one at Degrassi even knew about this until Mr. Simpson played it in class. Why does Jay know that he's on this show? Jay doesn't go to school, so Jay is probably watching daytime TV. I was, I, I actually wrote, I was like, Jay needs something to do with his time <laughs> because he's just like he's watching kids shows, which like I have nothing against. I love Adventure Time, whatever. But like he's watching like children's shows. He's like, Jay is spiraling. But also, this just confirms our Jay is just looking for friends theory. Because he's showing up at the mall. He's like, JT works here. Maybe he'll hang out with me. <laughs> he could very easily, like, shoplift and leave. Because it's not like JT is going to talk to him. But instead, he, like, hangs around. Is like, what's going on? You work in all these jobs. <laughs> Let's be buddies. But, like, he doesn't know how to make friends without being mean to them. <laughs> I'm just saying. It's totally. confirming all of our theories. Totally. Well, later in the episode like in the two-parter he referred he calls jt buddy and i'm like dude he's not your buddy after all this so i think that makes sense he's like classic kid on the playground like pushing people down because he likes them and he just doesn't know how to be nice <laughs> but yeah so and then he's like well if you ever want to like make some more cash you know where to find me or something like that Okay, and he also says that JT has behind-the-counter privileges. Can we break this down? (laughs) Yes, we can. Because I've had friends, I have friends who've been pharmacists, and it's, you, it, I think you have to be 18, but even, yeah, I'm pretty sure you have to be at least 18. But also, I just, he's not a pharmacist. He's not, like, he's a stock boy. He's a stock boy. He's not a pharmacist. I I have a very hard time imagining that they would give a stock boy open access to the area where they keep prescription drugs. No, he a thousand percent. A sixteen year old. No, stock would boy. not be like he wouldn't be stocking the pharmacy shelves. I'm pretty sure you have to have like a pharmacy or pharmacist license or whatever the hell to be able to just even go into that part of the store and i know you have to go to school for like a long time to become a pharmacist too yeah it i'm like this is a real loosey-goosey establishment here (laughs) oh yeah big time i don't you know the thing is that the guy who works there what is it mckay was that they called him the guy the his boss um i'm i was like this is what he gets for allowing (laughs) the random 16 year old stock boy who only started working there recently access to the area where they keep the drugs yeah and he's like where are my drugs i'm like well i mean there are two of you here you know where your drugs are and for someone who's being so lax about who was letting people go behind the counter he was also just like like leaving his oxy out and open and like just kind of sitting on the counter with the cap off willy-nilly as he's like walking away from the counter that i also thought was very irresponsible 
Also, like, why does JT know what Oxy even looks like? Like, like it's... Didn't you notice on the screen... Maybe I made this up, but I feel like on the screen, they zoomed in on the bottle, and it said yeah, in big letters, Oxy. Yeah, but does JT's eyes have superpowers where he can zoom into stuff at a glance? Because it's not like he's, like, creeping down. Like, it's... I don't know. Like, I've seen pill bottles. I own several, and they don't... Like, it's not like the writing is huge. It's not like I can like spot it. Like I have like if I want to know what pills I'm taking, I look up close to the bottle. Well, how would any of us know what they were if they didn't zoom into it for us and just JT automatically know what it is? <laughs> there are holes in this. Is all I'm saying. <laughs> there are many, <laughs> but I think so that's many the holes. least of them. When we have a 16 year old with behind the counter privileges and a terrible drug dealer. Oh my god, I cannot wait to talk about him. It's gonna be skinny all over again, Holland. It's skinny part two, and it's great. I'm excited for it. Um, But before we get to that, we're back at Degrassi, and apparently Degrassi has a jazz combo that we didn't know about that we'll probably never hear about again. And Emma, I guess, is just looking for, like, something to do. And Paige is running some kind of Let's Cure Cancer group fundraiser relay thing. It's It's like a fun run for, like, raising money or whatever. Yeah, I think it's kind of, it must be like Relay for Life or something. She makes a joke about how maybe we can stomp out cancer and jazz, which made me laugh. <laughs> it was great. Um, and so Emma like signs up to join and guess who else is signing up to join? Goddamn Peter. Although to be fair, he did sign up first. So it's not like he's like stalking her. He signed up. He was the first name on the list and she was like the 50th. So that's true, but he immediately starts creeping on her, and <laughs> and I'm like, Emma, don't. Emma, don't. He's a monster. He's a monster. And she's like, stop talking to me. Stop talking to me. And he's like, hey, like, I know, like, I don't have a camera anymore, so blah, blah, blah. And is it at this point where he's like, I mean, she asked me to do it. Like, I w- and like, she was very persuasive. And she's like, oh, yeah, so that makes it okay for you to send it around to all of your friends? No, that was later on, but we can definitely talk about that because I was like, what the fuck, Peter? Yeah, well, and then, and also, Emma doesn't call him out on that. Like, when he's, like, like, she calls him out on the sending it out, but she doesn't call him out on, like, she was drunk, you weren't, you shouldn't have done it. I don't I have a lot of issues with this relationship in general because the thing is, while Emma is being, like, stop talking to me, stop talking to me, she's also, like, very deliberately flirting with him. Oh, yeah. Well, the thing is, she's had the hots for him, which is not a phrase I've ever said before (laughs) since the summer. And I will admit, like, Peter, again, is, like, scumbag hot. Like, not in the J way where it's, like, damn, but also, like, he's a grown-up, and I think that kind of helps me. Um, But he's definitely, like, like, douchebag football player hot. But here's my issue with Peter, though, like, Okay, so she had she had a crush on him over the summer. I refuse to say have the hot tour. <laughs> um, um, she had a crush on him over the summer, but then he like humiliated her best friend, who is now living with her because her parents like essentially kicked her out. Like, how uh, Emma? Like, even though she's like kind of being like mean flirting, even mean flirting with the guy who did that to her friend, I just. Yeah, but makes me gross. But we must remember Emma also reacted horribly when that video came out because she was pissed off at Manny that he like filmed her and that they were together and she was naked. Like she didn't see 
past the initial like oh you were drunk and he took advantage she was like you were like what this guy had a crush on I'm mad at you I hate you so she also like and even when Manny like comes and apologizes they're both like yeah Manny you really fucked up with this one where and it was I just I remember when that was happening in the episode I was like why is nobody like why like Manny didn't do anything wrong she just got drunk and got taken advantage of by a shit person and no one's like really focusing in on that because it's still kind of slut shaming yeah well and my big issue too here is like I understand Emma's very bad reaction originally but like time has passed presumably three months since that was <laughs> since <laughs> since Liberty has gotten three months pregnant or um, <laughs> <laughs> um but and Manny is like living with her and so you would think Emma like would have more sympathy at this point and she's clearly mad that Peter did this to her friend and yet she's still like flirting with him. I don't know I just I have an issue like loyalty is like a really big thing for me and I've always loved the Emma Manny friendship even when I've like highly disliked them both at different points and so like for her to just be like yeah I'm gonna flirt even though I'm gonna kind of be mean to him I'm also gonna flirt with this guy who super humiliated my best friend oh i'm not saying that it's good i'm just saying that emma also like notoriously like makes poor friendship choices when it comes to guys always so true she did it with liberty with chris she's done it time and time again she you know and and manny's like ditched her for things but this is different but like yeah, no, she like notoriously. I makes will bad just say, decisions. I don't think Manny would ever do this to Emma. Like Manny is a even a thousand percent. No. And Manny is more boy crazy than Emma. But at the same time, like if, if the roles were reversed, no, Manny would not do this to Emma. Emma is definitely more selfish when it comes to putting her like love life first than Manny is. And I think that's mainly just because Manny's such like a romantic that she's like. And she's a good friend. So when Manny likes a boy, she believes that she is in love with them. Whereas Emma, I feel like with Emma, it's kind. it can be more of like a power thing too. I think she likes that Peter is flirting with her and that she's in control of the situation at the same time. I think that's also an element of it. She just, she often has like questionable taste um, and just like judgment calls. Yeah, I mean... It's, it's not a great move, Emma. It's just not. It's not your best. Um, and it continues. And it continues. And it's just. It's not her best. But yeah, he's he's so scummy. But he's also like douchebag hot. So I'm like, all right, Emma. Um. Yeah, I don't know. It's and so they have like that brief conversation, and she's like, whatever, boy, bye. But she does like casually flirt with him. And then they just, like, kind of, like, carry on living their lives. And that's when she's wearing her free Spirit shirt. <laughs> <laughs> oh, ridiculous. And Is then, the spirit a spy? <laughs> <laughs> and then we are in the hallway with JT and Liberty. And are they? Well, JT is talking, and then, and then Liberty comes over. I don't know. JT's talking about how he needs to tell his grandma and... And oh, yeah, this he, is when we learned that JT lives with this grandma, which I'm like, what? Since when? Um, I think it's actually been established before. Like, I think they've actually she's actually he's actually referenced his grandmother multiple really? times. He's never mentioned his parents. I thought he had mentioned his mom, at least. But I I honestly don't remember. I'm like 90 percent sure they've mentioned his grandmother like a few times or he has. But we've never met her. 
See, I have like no recollection of this at all. You're probably right. But yeah, no, that's why I know that he talked to Toby because Toby woke him up and he was like, Mocha Chino, whatever, isn't helping you. And he's like, well, my grandmother decided to vacuum at six o'clock in the morning, which I can understand being furious about. Oh, yeah. Um, and, I, and then I was like, since when does he live with his grandmother? Um, but I kind of like that. I don't know. But yeah, yeah that's I don't know where his mom is, but we know his dad like left a long time ago. That's established later. Yeah, we established that later. But yeah, he lives with his grandma and then and then he talks to Liberty where he is still a little pushy on adoption, but makes several good points. And they kind of they're kind of in like a smooth area, like they're not totally bickering. And she invites him to go do an ultrasound with her. And it's like things are going OK. Um, and then the next scene, we're in media immersion, and oh, Mr. Simpson is like, hey, so JT, do you have an announcement to make about, I don't know, it's like something about preschool TV, blah, blah, blah. And then JT's like, no, no, please don't. Please don't. And then Mr. Simpson's like, well, our next unit is preschool TV and like turns on JT's child show. And I'm like, why is it? Why are they having a unit in preschool television? I've said it before and I'll say it again. What the fuck is this <laughs> class about? I don't understand. Also, I feel like him like throwing JT under the bus like that. Like that's kind of uncool. That felt like something a bully would do. Yeah. And I'm like, Mr. Simpson, you're a good guy. What is this? Like imagine if someone did this to you when you were in school. But it ends up being okay because all the girls are like, oh my gosh, that was adorable. <laughs> like no one laughs at him, which I find Highly suspect. I, I agree. But also, I was like, oh, but it is adorable. <laughs> I but, mean, it is. But also, no one's laughing at the turkey costume, which I was like, mm, what's going on here? <laughs> gobble, 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 gobble. Yeah. But my favorite moment of this thing, because I actually said it out loud, Liberty goes, it is, it's great. Why didn't you tell me? And I'm like, because you yell at him. Like, every time he, like, talks about wanting to be on TV... Or anything like that. You yell at him and call him irresponsible. Why? It's not a responsible career path. Wah, wah, wah. So like, and, but now she's like, this is great. You've, you're on TV like you've always wanted. And I'm like, Liberty. She's just like. Mixed signals. Up and down. Um, and then the next scene, we're at the dot again. And Emma comes in and Manny and Craig are gross. And then they're like, so we know this guy. Um, he's actually a superior type. He's really cute. And Emma's like. Like, cute is my type and they're like yeah like his name is Derek <laughs> <laughs> and we all burst out laughing they're like he's in grade 10 but he's great like he's like but he's all right like it's cool and she's like I mean I guess Craig and yeah Craig is basically like he you know he's cool he's a good guy or something like that and I'm like when did you meet him like yeah, I know he's I'm friendly with Jimmy now but like what? That has to be the only way that he knows who he is. Also, I don't think Derek's cute. No, he looks... He's... No. We talked about how he was not attractive before. Um, No, he looks like a blonde Gordo from Lizzie McGuire. No, not even. Gordo was cute. But worse. And... Then in walks Derek, and they're like, oh, my God, look at who just walked through the door. And Emma's like, oh, yeah, what a coincidence. Almost like it was set up. And then Derek walks in, and then Emma's like, clearly not feeling it. But then she sees Peter through the window holding up a camera, which I'm like, 
that should not be enticing knowing his past. And then she's like, yeah, you should tell me all about whatever the hell you're talking about on Friday. It's a date <laughs> to Derek. And Derek's like, oh, okay, this is happening. And she's like clearly just trying to like combat her feelings for Peter with like going on a date with some random person. Craig and Manny are the worst in this scene. And Manny goes, uh, Derek, this is my single friend, Emma. Did I mention she's single? And I'm like, God. I'm like, shut up. Manny. They're terrible. Also, Manny has eyes. Why on earth would she think that Derek <laughs> is good enough for Emma? Emma is like so far out of his league. It's actually laughable. Well, and Manny has decent taste in dudes as far as looks go. So I'm like, how did okay i mean sully was questionable and spinner she really doesn't have great taste it's really spinner just been... is cuter than Derek. oh well that is a fact and so is sully but i mean craig is really the only one that she's dated that's been like damn girl because she also although jt was kind of cute when she was dating him he was just terrible yeah he was still young but he had better hair by then it was after the backwards hat face um but yeah the i just Manny, all the guys Manny has dated, even if they weren't as hot as Craig, are way more attractive than Derek. I don't, I don't understand. Derek is literally wearing like one of those like t-shirts with the cutoff sleeves tank top deals. And it's, I'm like, why? He And he also looks like a child, especially oh, like compared to Emma, who looks like a woman compared to him. It's, it's, bleh, I'm not into it. But then the next scene, we're at... Liberty's ultrasound appointment and it's like very intense and they're like she's like how is he or she doing JT tell me and he's like I can't look at the screen and it she's is a like, weirdly dramatic you moment have to. it's so dramatic and then also I couldn't I just noticed like the ultrasound technician had zero lines and just like he like looks at JT and just like points at the screen <laughs> They didn't want to have to pay the guy. I know. He could and be then, an extra this way. And Liberty's like, how, do, how does it look? And JT's like, it looks real. And that's like the whole scene. It's like needlessly dramatic. <laughs> it really is. And the, it's just all so dumb. It's just, I'm mad at them. I'm just, I'm just mad at this whole scenario. Look, it is dramatic. But I will say I sort of get it because I... Especially, I get it more for Liberty than for JT because Liberty has just been denying this is happening the whole time. Yeah, absolutely. So I can see it becoming more real for her in that moment. And I can see it in some ways coming becoming more real for JT because it's like been something he's been sort of distant to. Like, this is something Liberty is going through and won't talk to him about. And now he's like actually seeing it firsthand. And I do know people do get like really emotional about that kind of stuff. Like, I know my mom has told me pretty honestly that like when she found out she was pregnant with me, she was kind of like upset about it because she was only like fairly young and newly married. And, you know, she wasn't not so upset that she was like thinking about like abortion or adoption or anything, but just like she was not excited. And then she heard the heartbeat and was just like, Oh, this is real. This is my kid. And like, that was a really an emotional thing for her. So since this is their first doctor's appointment, like they skipped past the heartbeat stage and went straight in for like pictures of the baby. I can see it being, like somewhat emotional but the line reading was just like really like like I just could hear the director being like be more solemn be more be more emotional sound like you're about to cry you know like totally 
Yeah, it's it's just, it's a lot. It's just a lot. I mean, and and then is is it right after this that they are talking in the hallway, and that's when they're just like, "I love you." Let's keep the baby. And I understand that, like, he's emotional after seeing the baby. And it's like, I don't want to give it away. But it's like, JT, hold your ground, man. But he, like, is, like, making Liberty happy. And he's like, we can be a family. And I'm like, you're both delusional. So I interpreted this scene as him kind of going. So both because it's more real and because he can tell Liberty really doesn't want to give the baby up for adoption. Yeah. I think that he kind of was like, you know what? Okay, we'll find a way to make this work. Um, Because it's finally real to him. Yeah. It's not just a problem that needs to be solved. Yeah, this is more than just a problem that has to be solved. And, like, I wish he'd held his ground, but obviously, like, I kind of... To be fair, my perspective on this might be skewed because I grew up in a town with a lot of teen pregnancy and almost no one gave their babies up for adoption. So I can... I know what teenagers in this position can be like. And I can just hear in my head some of the kids I knew in high school having this conversation and thinking it was a good idea. And it's not. But I I think it's realistic. And I think also when you're a teenager, when you think about somebody getting pregnant, the next step is always like, oh, and then that's your baby. And then you have a baby and that's how like the world works and never really – and also mixed with like you never thought that something like this would happen to you so you see like adoption and abortion as like scary alternatives but and also I feel like especially in this time those two things were also had just such negative connotations for like just in the world in general that that's also why it's like taking them so long to get to that decision mixed with their like like naive expectations for what being pregnant is about but it doesn't make it any less frustrating to watch (laughs) it's so frustrating especially since like you know i well they don't officially know yet that they're not going to get parent help but like they're deluding themselves they're like we're gonna love each other and that's all that matters but it's like having a child costs so much money it's so expensive it's like tens of thousands of dollars and it's for the rest of your life. Like, you have that child. Like, it's usually not. Like, you kind of support them forever. Even though they move out at 18, technically. But then there's, like, you want to provide for them for college and help them out. Like, forever. And then, like, it's a forever thing. And you, it's, like, you need to wrap your head around how big of a commitment having a child is. JT also in this moment says that he will quit doing the TV thing so that he can take on more hours at the pharmacy so that he can make more money. And I'm like, it make that part broke my heart a little bit because I'm like, while that is the response, like if you're really going to try to push forward with this, while that is the responsible decision to make to like, you know, do the thing that's going to like help earn you more money. It's also heartbreaking because like he clearly really enjoyed that. It makes me so sad. It's his dream. And the thing is, if he kept with that for a little while, he could probably move on to a paid gig because he'll have this on his resume for like, I did this for a couple years and I built this up and now he can like go work in TV. I mean, that's obviously not what happens, but like he should. (laughs) (laughs) I know. But like he should. Oh, I get I just I get so mad because he's like giving up his dreams for a baby. They're not even going to keep eventually because they're being stupid. And he just like wants to please Liberty, who's like too 
like I mean I don't want to be like she's too hormonal to make decisions because that's like every sexist man's argument about anything in the world but like she's she's a little girl and she's not thinking rationally about it because she's 15 and dealing with something that like she can't even fully wrap her mind around and like she hasn't talked to her parents because she's so scared that like just all adults are going to yell at her when someone just needs to like sit down with her and be like these are the logistics of everything that you're going to have to deal with by raising a baby. It's expensive. It's going to control your life. You need to be an adult or be with an adult or something like you. You can't be 15 and do this. And people do it. And I know people who have done it. But I mean, she is a person with very lofty goals and she has parents who have very lofty goals for her. And JT has like dreams that he's kind of on the verge of achieving. And it just frustrates me. That they're like, let's throw it all away because we're teenagers and we're kind of hormonal. Yeah. At this point, they just need a voice of reason to tell them all of this. But they're still in la-la land. Um, But then they go and talk to JT's grandma. And they're like, hi, grandma. We have great news. And they're like, we're having a baby and everything is great. And his grandma's like, what? James Tiberius and I was like yes use his middle name he is in trouble this is stupid you know that's a reference to Star Trek right no I know for sure okay <laughs> just making sure because I know it came James up James T. Kirk yeah yes. I just I was just making sure that that was a that was established because I felt like a complete dork when I realized that <laughs> yeah I've done a couple Star Trek magazines in my day <laughs> um but yeah, and his grandma is like, are you fucking kidding me? No, like, you can't do this. And But then she, like, talks, She's and he, JT's like, what? I mean, like, you raised my mom by myself, and then you helped raise me. And she's like, yeah, and I'm not spending my retirement raising your child. And, like, and then she kind of brings up how his dad left, and he's like, I'm not like him. And then they, like, storm out, and it's a whole hoopla, and it's just not a great chat. I thought the dad comment was a little too low of a blow for her. Uh, I think she was right the entire rest of the conversation. Um, yeah, and then she brought up the dad. And then she issue. was like, she basically was like, kind of accused him of possibly running out on Liberty and the baby in the future. And I'm like, okay, obviously that's going to be a sore subject for him because his dad did that to him. Like, basically accusing him of doing something he, like, hasn't yet done or isn't even showing signs of doing I don't know it just I was like okay grandma that's a little that's just mean <laughs> it's for sure a low blow like it's not great and that's not a good way to convince him that you're right <laughs> yeah no it's it's not the best it's a low blow um but I mean he's and the, like I don't think that that's what he's gonna do like we know that that's not JT's personality but they are making a fucking mistake and I like and instead of like jumping straight to that although I guess she's like hit him where it hurts she should be like like can one of these adults just explain to these kids because like they're kids instead of yelling at them just be like maybe you just don't understand like how much you're going to take on because right now you're just saying we know it's going to be hard but we can do it it's like teamwork is not going to fucking solve this problem yeah I'm not thrilled with how the adults in nobody this show handled any of this nobody is a good communicator in this entire situation except for maybe miss Sove, but they have so much limited access to her in this episode 
Um, so then they like leave. And I think is this when they're as they're leaving, he's they're like, It's okay, like we'll figure it out. Um, and she's like, Well, we have to tell my parents now. Like, they're for sure gonna kick me out. And he's like, No, maybe this is when he's like, I'll quit my TV job, I'll pick up more hours at the pharmacy. We can just we'll get a place on our own and everything will be great. And then once we have a backup plan, then we'll tell your parents. So we have a safety net. And I'm like, You guys are fucking dumb as shit. They're also children. <laughs> They're children, so they are dumb. Like it's yeah. it's just like it's a such a flawed plan. But I one thing I love about this episode because the logic that they have feels so real to me. Like this feels like real teen logic of like, no, I am being responsible. So I'm thinking about all of these plans and look at me being a grown up. And it's like you're you're still so far from what you need to be. I don't know. I I this is one reason I actually really love this episode because like the plans they try to come up with, I just I remember being that age and I remember like I was a planner. I was someone who thought things through and I can see myself thinking I could manage this and being wrong. Yeah, that's that's a good point. Yeah, I just I just get like ah, oh. I'm like I'm 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 annoyed by them the whole time because I'm like, no, you're not being realistic. But also, like, it's not their fault. I'm actually like what I'm really mad at is all the adults in their lives who are resorting to, like, yelling and threatening instead of being like, please just let please understand, like, what is in store for your future. Listen, Kelsey, Juno hadn't come out yet. They didn't have a good template (laughs) for how good parents should respond to teen pregnancy. Very true. Also, Daniel Clark was in that movie. Um and, he, and yeah, so then the next scene, we are at Degrassi again and for like the cancer walk, relay, whatever. And Peter keeps flirting with Emma. And I think this is when they're having the conversation about like, like, she asked me to do it. Then why did you distribute it to your friends? And then Peter's like, besides, like, I shouldn't have gone for her anyway. She's not my type. She's not like you. And Emma's like, um, excuse you. And... And she's like, no, like, we're not, this isn't happening. And I was like, ew, like, Emma's not your rebound, Peter. And he's like, but like, well, we're good together. Like, we, like, we care about the same things. And I'm just like, just because you both agree that cancer is bad does not mean you guys are soulmates, okay? I also have a really hard time picturing Peter actually signing up for this, like, cancer thing for, with good intentions. Like... I'm like 90% sure he signed up for it knowing that a lot of the participants would be girls. Or like his mom made him do it. This is also possible. Because I know in future we see Peter do some like like voluntary type things. But without spoiling, like it's because he has to. <laughs> yeah. I mean... Yeah, no, I'm totally with you on that. I was wondering, do you guys think that Emma knows that he wasn't drunk? And do you think it would make a difference to her? I feel like she has, like, she and Manny had to have talked about it more. And she probably should know. She that knows he wasn't because drunk. he told Manny he wasn't drunk. And yeah. I don't think Manny would hide that from Emma. Yeah, I don't think so. I don't know if Manny would tell her because I feel like after it happened, they would just try to. After their, like, initial, like, brief talk, they would just try to bury it, you know? And I feel like they're at this point in their lives and also just, like, 
for the time period where they're not really thinking about rape culture and how what he did was taking advantage. Um, So I feel like Manny wouldn't be like, this thing happened to me and I made a mistake, but also he made a mistake because she doesn't even bring up how he made a mistake to her. I feel like like it's not even on their radar that the fact that he was sober during this is fucked up. I think that's also true. I think that's possible. I think she probably does know he was sober, but I just don't think that she registers that that makes a difference. Yeah. I th- like, for her, the big issue is that he sent it out, not that he took it, which I find fascinating. Yeah, because I think she still thinks the whole situation that happened was, like, both of their faults when really it was Peter taking advantage of Manny. But the fact that Manny is was, like, so embarrassed about how it happened instead of feeling like like taken advantage of also shows how like the way that they were perceiving that whole situation and that Emma was initially mad about the fact that they were like naked near each other and not the creepiness of the thing that they're not perceiving that situation as him being a sexual predator it's like them doing something stupid and the but the the fucked up part was that he sent it out. And I think also now that Manny's like in a relationship and she's moving on from what happened and Emma's by herself and this guy is flirting with her who she used to have a crush on, but he did something shitty to her friend. So it's like, oh, I don't know what's happening. And I think that's kind of like where she is and like doesn't really understand the weight of what he did and how it was so fucked up. Also, like, for a person who claims to be so moral, her moral compass is a little off kilter, like, at all times. All the time. Yeah. It's it's not the best. Also, he completely disses Manny when he's like, I shouldn't have gone for Manny anyway. I should have gone for you. And he, like, kind of talks about, like, why Emma is different. And it's, like, completely throwing Manny under the bus. And Emma doesn't actually call him out on that. She's just like, she's like, just, nope, it's not going to happen, but still flirting. And I'm like, dude, he is so horrible. It's like he's just he's not great I just oh man she yeah and she just takes it but like I mean she also like I'm sure she used to be jealous of Manny when she was going through her stuff I think that there's a lot of layers to like Emma's reaction that aren't just like whatever you know like I, I think that there's a lot of like well now he likes me better than her but I've like I've always like been jealous of like the way that she looks and he's paying more attention to me and he likes me better and that's like feeding like it's a gross inner thing but it's definitely like a thing that exists in her that I that I totally like I, I can see it you know like I think it's more complicated and I don't even think like she understands like why she's reacting the way she is instead of just being like cool fuck off bye because, like, the way Ellie reacted to Jimmy in season one, two, when he was, like, trying to flirt with her and she was like, my new best friend is your ex, see you never. Like, I feel like that if, if Emma wasn't, like, weird and internally conflicted and kind of fucked up about, like, everything that had happened, she would have the same reaction. And also, I think the fact that he got off with so little of a punishment also just minimized like how bad what he did actually was that nobody is treating it as how like bad and fucked up it was like he got like 
what like multiple weeks of detention and that was it and like everyone's just like smoothing over they're just like whatever we're forgetting about it he like kind of was punished like he got a slap on the wrist we're moving on we're moving on whatever and no one's like treating it with the seriousness that they should have did anyone ever acknowledge that it was child pornography on the show or was that just like our conversation i think that was just us um nobody acknowledged that at all from what i can remember i just remember like his mom was mad at him at the end and that's when we learned that miss hostelacos is his mom and he like got detention and that was the like the extent of his punishment yeah there is i just I have, 2005 i have a lot of feelings on this because this a similar storyline but different for various reasons comes up with peter later and so i just i can't separate the two in my head as him being terrible no he's awful but no one is treating him like he yeah is awful and he doesn't and learn yeah he doesn't all. exactly which yeah which is the entire problem so it's not great this is it's icky it's an icky situation that one of our like main characters is a sexual predator and we're like just smoothing over it pretty much um and he will continue to be so yep and that's that's generally the gist. Oh, also Paige is like, this is the route that we're going to run on. And I'm like, why do you need a map? You guys all live here. Um, but OK, fine. Like she like drew a diagram. Because um, Paige. Because Paige. Um, and then there's like a montage and it's a real bummer. <laughs> there's like the saddest montage of like JT working and like it's it's just it's really bums me out and like them like trying to find apartments and like and it's so it's so mary and joseph trying to get to the inn because like (laughs) the first couple of apartments that they go to the um the first couple of apartments that they go to the landlord like looks at her stomach and like closes the door in her face and i'm like you guys this is the christ story Oh, my God. The music is also, like, super on the nose. It's, like, a song basically about, like, living in a shitty apartment. (laughs) And I'm like, what is happening? Oh, my God. It was, like, the saddest sad girl song. And it was, like, sad girl, but also uplifting girl. It was, like, my life is terrible, but... I'm gonna keep going. Keep by keeping on. Yeah. I want to know what that song is. It's actually totally. We could probably Shazam it if we go back and look. I'm gonna do that later. Um, it's terrible, and so then that montage happens, and then we're at the mall, and Emma and Derek are on their mall date. (laughs) I love this scene with all of my heart. They're like walking by, and Derek like sees a shirt or something. It was like, oh my god, it's the blah 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 that he starts talking about wrestling and i'm like of course derek likes fucking wrestling of course he likes wrestling can we talk about how much i hate like i all right so like i grew up with um i had a lot of male friends who were super into wrestling and like would like get dressed up and do it in the backyard and it was like hilarious but also like but like also i can no I know longer most likely these were children but i'm imagining full-grown adults doing this and it's hilarious they were not far off they were like 
late teens, early twenties, all of them. Oh my! And they would still dress up like wrestlers. Like my friends yeah. did this when we were like in elementary school. No nope. guy friends would like. No, no, no. I'm talking oh. about adults, oh. which is why now, like, if That's someone is like vaguely like. Like, with a few, like, minimal exceptions. Like, for the most part, as soon as a guy is, like, wrestling, I'm like, my vagina just closes off. <laughs> I'm like, no thanks. See you never. So when Derek was like, I love wrestling, I'm like, yeah, that tracks. I honestly don't understand the appeal of wrestling. It's, like, I don't, like, especially when everyone knows that it's fake and scripted and everything. And I'm like, I, like, I it's guess like, it's like reality TV, no, so, but so, reality TV sports, I'm like, but everything is rigged. So I, a dude no... explained it to me once. He was like, women have soap operas, men have wrestling. It is basically like a soap opera that dudes feel comfortable watching because men are because like, hurting people i guess so I and i'm and i having watched like a couple with my brothers like wrestling a little bit that's totally it like there's all these like intense storylines about you cheated on me with her and it's like it's all this it's like it's it that's gets true. dramatic and i'm like oh yeah this is basically just like a soap, opera, soap opera with dudes in spandex i guess so yeah i mean our company the company i work for we do all of the wwe magazines now because wwe doesn't do that anymore and even when i took every time we work on one i'm just like i don't get it i don't get it i mean i get how people get and get into it because there are like storylines and things to follow and i don't but i'm just like no i can't do it it's so it's so dumb um i love this because though because Derek does actually try. Like, he's actually a decent guy That's, on this He is trying to, like... Because he's like, oh, okay, so you're not interesting. What, you know, what about, like, t- like what do you like to watch? And my favorite... I love her response. Mostly Brideshead re- Revisited on DVD. And I'm like, okay, Emma. It's ridiculous. Yeah, she's, like, not even trying. And he's like... And then I don't remember how it comes up, but he talks about, like, going hunting with, with his uncle or something. Oh, oh, I remember how this happens. So... She's like, Brides had revisited on DVD. I've read the book. And I'm like, to be fair, I was that girl. I probably would have said Pride and Prejudice <laughs> because <laughs> I'd read the book and I was very proud of myself and I love the movie. Anyway, um, Derek's like, oh, okay. Um, well, speaking of books, I, that's how I got into wrestling was comic books. Oh, right. And he's like, I, you know, I, I love comic books. I started reading them like when I go on hunting trips with my uncle. Oh, you haven't lived until you've tasted <laughs> venison. Like fresh venison, and she's like, "I'm a vegetarian." And he goes, "So do you eat chicken or?" And okay, I'm a vegan, and that is the most real question <laughs> I have ever. Like, it's so true. I, like, it's not like I go around just saying I'm vegan, I'm vegan, I'm vegan. But if it comes up and I say I'm vegan, people always are like, "But you eat fish, right?" <laughs> or or we'll like so do you eat chicken like i swear people ask me this all the time it's so so for so him bizarre it's so strange so for him to ask her this i just cackle in my head because i'm like this is completely accurate yeah it's ridiculous and then she's just like you know what we haven't had a great time here this isn't working i'm just gonna leave bye and i'm like oh my god all right that's one way to do it well, bye derek also we've skipped over one thing which is that at the last scene with emma and peter peter was like i've got tickets to this movie i will be there at 7 45 um you know basically if you show up or not 
So he basically invited her out and was like, I will be there if you show up. And shows up she does. So because of course she does. Because of course she does. And yeah, and I mean, I don't know who decided to go to the mall for a date. I've, I've done that because I grew up in New Jersey and we don't have a lot going on. Uh, m- all of my friends went to the mall for dates. Yeah. It's like, what else are you going to do in high school? Um, like go to actual places? No. Um, like all of my dates were at like Applebee's. Um, yes. Yeah. Applebee's. I went to one date at Outback one time. Uh, a lot of my friends went on dates at Shogun. I didn't go on dates, but I went like with like groups and group hangs, group hangs uh as shauna malway tweef would say um uh poor chris traeger anyway um <laughs> parks and rec references um, I, i'm living for them i follow um allison becker who plays uh, shauna malway tweep on instagram she's amazing she does these posts where she um she'll post all of her audition outfits and the descriptions of what people told her to dress as and they're incredible <laughs> so yeah uh i did a lot of that and of course for like prom and stuff like i i did go out um and we spent a lot of time let's see the popular places were applebee's uh olive garden and uh shogun which was the one japanese restaurant i don't know what that is shogun is awesome it's where they actually like do the cooking in front of you oh like a hibachi situation yeah my friend Frankie and I used to go out for hibachi all the time. Shouts out Frankie, who keeps telling me he's going to listen to this and maybe never will. <laughs> um, but yeah, we used to go to hibachi together all the time. That's like our game plan for the next time I go home. Um, um, but yeah, uh, sorry, we like went off on a tangent. Um, but they're at the, the mall date was stupid and she told him to go home. Basically. She was like, I'm, ha- I had a great time. Well, I had an okay time. I had a terrible time. And I was like, that is so real. I just, the, the number of times that I've like wanted to do that on a bad date, just been like, I had a bad time. See you never. I got to start doing that. Cause it was kind of great. And, um, but yeah, but I've definitely been at that point where she's just like, Bye. And she goes to find Peter. Yeah, and she's like, when we get into the theater, like, your arm isn't crossing the armrest, like, la, la, la. So, and that's, like, the end of their whole thing. Well, she also, she's like, I was going to see this movie anyway. And I'm like, yeah, Emma, Clown Academy 4 is total, or Clown Academy 3? Is it 3 or 4? I don't know. It's totally your thing, Miss Brideshead Revisited on DVD. And then I think Peter calls her out, and she's like, oh, yeah, Clown Academy. Like, what a revelation. Gotta see it. (laughs) Is this a movie that's come up before? Like, I feel they like over... They mentioned clown, the Clown Academy series. Throughout. Yeah, like, I feel like they've mentioned it, like, as the years have gone on, there's been, like, Clown Academy 2 has come up, and, like, I feel like it's, a like, kind of a runner on this show. It is. It is. It yeah. and Kid Elric. Oh, fucking Kid Elric. Oh you mean Kid Rock? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, so, yeah, that's, like, kind of the end of Emma's storyline for the entire... Cause the B plots don't carry over in this two part episode, which, which is something bothered me that hasn't happened for a while. Okay. Yeah. But then the next scene, we're like at this apartment and then uh, JT and Liberty are talking to the landlord and they're like, oh my God, this place is great. And Liberty's like, I can't wait to do my own laundry. And I'm like, <laughs> excuse me, what? <laughs> I don't even like doing my own laundry now. What are you talking about? I wanted to be like, oh, honey, you might enjoy the novelty of it the first time and then you're going to hate it forever yeah. 
And then they're like, all right, how much is it? And the landlord's like, seven fifty a month, but I need like first and last month's rent. And they're like, fifteen hundred dollars. I'm like, guys, can we talk about how cheap this rent is? Because come on. Question, why doesn't Liberty have a job? Because she's pregnant and school president and she's too busy. I don't know. No, I had the same thought. Um, but I think it's probably a combination of a few things. One, her parents probably, I'm guessing her parents probably wouldn't let her get a job. I can see that. Because they would think it would detract from her extracurriculars. And they yeah. clearly have plenty of money. Totally. Um, so I'm thinking that's possible. The other thing is uh, she doesn't have her driver's license yet, which might play a part in it because she's 15 yeah she's younger apparently. than everyone oh yeah also she's 15 she's younger than everyone um apparently so the rest of them are 16 yeah i think that tracks yeah i think definitely her parents not wanting her to get a job to like so she can focus on her studies and like all of her extracurricular things and like getting in like being a student is your job is probably something they say i can hear her father saying yeah, yeah. in his angry voice and so and they're like oh my god like i don't know how we're gonna pay for this and then jt is back at work and jay i just love how jay keeps calling him stock boy and i just love how jay clearly just wants to be friends with jt but his way of becoming friends is like leading him to the dark side like with everybody and this is when jt like starts his drug like muling I mean, that's that's just how Jay makes friends, first of all. He did it with Spinner. He'll do it with everybody else. Um, JT had a really good line in this because Jay comes in and he's like, I saw a different guy on your children's show. Like, did, like, he poach your job? And he was like, no, I just, like, I needed to make more money, so I'm here. And uh, Jay says something about, like, oh, yeah, like, really like rolling it in or whatever and jt goes oh yeah minimum wage i'm a real tycoon <laughs> like that made me laugh um i enjoyed that a lot and then and then jay uh jay is like well you know i'm gonna get confused between jay and jt because it's like <laughs> can we call jay jason jason <laughs> it's gonna confuse me <laughs> um but yeah jay is basically just like uh you, you know you you could sell oxys blah 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 it's like a whole thing and then we have our internal struggle over can jt really go behind that counter (laughs) why is this happening does he have super like extra vision like sean spencer in uh fucking psych like does he have like does he have like sean visions what's going on i expect it to like light up Yeah, and then he like right over the right over the section with the oxycodone that just says oxycodone. Yeah, Yeah, and then he just like pours some in his pocket, and that's the end of part one. We're like, oh no, JT's getting himself into some risky business, and then the next episode opens up like immediately in this like sketchy alleyway, and I believe Cody, when we were watching this, she's like, I love when they try to be gritty. The grassy goes gritty. It's great. It is. The it's drug- not. It's not good at it. The drug deal. All oh, right. This I have. My, okay. Oh, I've got feelings about the drug deal. You guys. Every part of it is so. Oh my god. So first of all, Jay 
pulls up in his orange car and he's just like, you called me? And I'm like, how did JT get his number? Um, and JT's like, yeah, Clown Academy was great. See you never. And he's like, you called me for a reason. Blah, blah, blah. And like, just let him back out. Oh, my God. And then he like, I guess, like tells him and he's and Jay brings him to like, I guess the ravine, right? <laughs> They're back at the ravine. So he brings him to the ravine where there's like, the like the fakest drug dealer I've ever seen in my he's life. He's trying so hard. He's terrible. It's so like it kills it's me. So it destroys good. me. It's my favorite thing. He looks like Rob from Robin Big and Ridiculousness. He is trying so hard. He's putting on like tough guy accent and I'm like you just want to go back to craft services. I don't know what your deal is, but you're trying real hard and like respect, but it's terrible. He gets on the gravelly voice going. He does. And literally, literally JT like hands over his big bag, big Ziploc bag of pills. And when he has when when the fake drug dealer has them in his hands, he's like, oxycodone, sweet. <laughs> like I expected him to like like be like hang loose, dude. Like he did not know what was happening. <laughs> he's just like and also can I tell can I please talk about how JT is the worst drug dealer? <laughs> he has no business doing this. I mean this actor has no business playing a fake drug dealer, but JT the character has no business like selling drugs. First of all, like Han said, he drops the entire bag of oxys into his hand and is just like, like money, please. <laughs> like it's more out of control. Rick. I love it. It's um, out of control. I feel like that tracks though. Like I can see JT really doing that. What I can't see is the guy he's like giving the drugs to not robbing him. Like JT fucking this up makes perfect sense. Oh, totally. But the, the, the guy should was, have robbed him. Like yeah. I'm, not, I'm not like I'm not like encouraging that you like rob people, but also like he kind of should have robbed him. <laughs> like if you're going to hand over all of your drugs and be like, "Excuse me, sir, can I please have some money?" Like fucking punch him in the face and run away and he's then a my, bad my drug favorite, dealer my favorite is the drug dealer or the drug buyer whatever anyway he buys the drugs from from jt and jt goes i kind of need more <laughs> i'm like are you why don't you understand how this works also you should have negotiated ahead of time i just you're all stupid they're all dumb oh my god but i'm, I'm like i'm living for this sh- shitty fake drug dealer what did jay get out of this like they don't mention him getting a cut like why is he like i mean he might like just on the he side just, he, he might get friendship no <laughs> well first of all he gets friendship but like if we're talking like actually like he could be a pusher like this could be like the main drug dealer who will pay jay to sell drugs to like kids that he doesn't have access to it's it's a thing. There's a hierarchy. But that makes sense. So like he actually might be getting something out of this, but also he's just getting that sweet, sweet friendship. <laughs> he also is the one who is like encouraging JT to steal the drug. So he's like the one initiating the entire thing. So he must have something to do with it. But yeah, it's like and then Jay and then after the deal goes down and he's like, I kinda need more and the guy gives him like he's like, Here's four more that's like for next time or something like that and then jt like freaks out and throws up and they're like oh oh my god and he's like throwing up because he's so nervous and he's like he does not belong in this situation yeah so here's the thing that cracks me up i feel like the kid who played jt 
did a really good job in this scene, which makes it awkward when the drug dealer guy is so bad. Yeah, he's so terrible. It's, it's just the like most... I, I don't even know if it's that he's bad or that the writers just have never like encountered a real drug dealer. Oh, a thousand percent they have not. Because, because actor, this is not how it happens. The actor could be fine, but I feel like it was a lot of the writing and the direction that was just like sound sound drug dealery more it was so over the top <laughs> it was think about every gangster movie you've ever seen and try to like gravel your voice and it was very so after school special oh yeah it was complete oh yeah it was bad <laughs> it was bad and then the next scene it also makes me question jay like even more so question jay's ability to be a true bad boy if like <laughs> this is the kind of bad guy he's he the ultimate with. dweeb he is um even the drug dealers he knows are like <laughs> ridiculous oh and wait weren't we gonna comment on some of his outfits too the, the drug, drug dealer? dealer i think we did that oh did we? okay like, yeah he looks like rob deirdrick or deer De- oh yeah so he mentioned name. his his tattoo yeah his star tattoo uh, yeah he wears a lot of tank tops of course he does um and then the next scene, we're back at the the apartment with the landlord. And the landlord is still, like, really iffy on, like, having this teenage couple in his apartment. And he's like, they're like, please, can you, like, cut us a deal? La, la, la. And I'm, I, I didn't really pay attention to this scene because I'm just like, how are they getting this apartment? They don't have credit. They, like, are, they're not even 18. Is this guy not running background tracks on him? He could have said, if he really wanted to fill the apartment, he'd be like, you can have a guarantor. Like, there are no logistics. I don't know how it's at. I don't know how any of these teenagers get apartments on this show. Because, like, there's no way any of them have credit to be able to, like, ensure that they'll be able to pay rent in an apartment. Is, is, are the rules in Toronto just different? Like, I look, just the rules I can of see, TV are different. I hate to say it like this. I can see this happening where I'm from, but I'm from a really small town in the South, and it's different. But in a big city, that looks like a decent apartment, too. Yeah, and they're like, it's right by school. And they, like, go to school in Toronto, as far as I'm concerned. Yeah. I don't know how it's happening. But I think they, they're they like, they got it, whatever. Um and then the next scene is real short and like Snake is getting ready for school and Baby Jack is crying and Snake and Spike is like like all like frazzled and trying to get ready for the day. The baby has an ear infection. Yeah, and he's screaming and I'm acutely reminded of how much I hate the sound of babies crying. Um, and she's like, I'll drive you to school. And Snake is like, um, I'm actually nervous about you driving him to the doctor because you've slept like two hours. And she was like, nah, that, that part's fine. So he ends up riding his bike to school. But I was just so happy to see Spike again. Like, we don't get as much of her as we did in the very beginning. So like anytime she comes back, I'm like, feminist icon. Yay, I love her. Um, so Snake decides to take his bike to school. Oh, also, like, she mentioned something about, like, remember dinner tonight? He's like, I know, meatless meatloaf Monday, which I guess is supposed to, like, give us, like, a vibe that they have, like, a routine that is, like, whatever, I'm bored now. Um, I want to know what their meatless meatloaf is made of. Vegetables. I'm imagining, like, tempa or soy. I was going to say, I wonder if it's, like, tempe or seitan or soy. Ooh, I would eat a fucking seitan meatloaf in a minute. I was just thinking the same thing. God damn. The I vegan had... in the room is, like, 
what is your meatless meatloaf made of? As, as the former vegan in the room was like, seitan meatloaf sounds dope. Um, I would eat that in a minute. I miss seitan. I used to eat seitan all the time. Amazing. Anyway, it's so good. Um, anyway, moving on. Uh, so yeah, so Spike, like, not Spike, Snake pulls up to the school. Uh, on his bike, like they see me rolling. Um, <laughs> and and then. Joey pulls up in his convertible with his fake 23-year-old girlfriend. And she's not 23. She's not. And he's like, he's looking a little bit like a midlife crisis. Um, or like a guy who has like more money than he actually does. And Craig like jumps out of the car. We see him for like a split second, but he doesn't say anything. He just like leaves. Because he doesn't want anyone to see this. I don't blame him. It's a little uncomfortable. Um, but also, like, Joey's only, like, 32 or 33. Whatever. Snake is also that age. Why are they having midlife crises? I don't know. Um, I, my dad waited until he was, like, about 60-ish to buy a motorcycle again. Um, or at least a new one. Um, anyway. Uh, but, yeah. So, like, Snake walks up to Joey and they, like, have, like, an interaction or whatever where he... It, like Snake is basically just realizing, like I'm missing out on so many things well, with my boring routine. Well, Joey is like, "Why don't we get in the car? We'll take this thing and spin around the box. They're in some some convertible thing, anyway." Yeah. Um. And Snake's like, "No, I gotta get in. I gotta do school stuff." And he's like, "Oh, just around the block." And I'm like, "Joey, you're a bad influence. Let the man go to work." And I'm like, "He can't play hooky on work. It's not like he's like going. He's not a student anymore and can just skip class." Yeah. And then he's like, "Be spontaneous." And Joey also says something about you know the wind going through our well because they're both bald. Um, yeah. <laughs> which amused me. And um, he's like, "Be spontaneous." And Snake's like, "Spontaneous is a four letter word for me." And I'm like, "Okay." Yeah. It's like it's just like Snake's life is boring and routine and blah blah blah. And pretty heavy-handed. And then we are with JT and Liberty. And um, JT's like, so we have enough money for the apartment. Like, I talked to my grandma. And, like, <laughs> after I talked to her for a bit, like, she was understanding. And also Sherry was involved or something like that. I'm like, all me. right, way to fake get your grandma drunk to give you money. <laughs> Me. Also, Sherry makes me think immediately of um, Frasier because <laughs> that's what Niles and and Frasier drink. I am secretly a fifty year old man. Okay. Anyway, um, so that cracked me up. So I was like, I don't know if this is meant to be a Frasier reference because Sherry's not like the most well, common reference also, ever. Well, they've also they've referenced Sherry before when in like season one when Paige and Terry were getting drunk before that school dance. <laughs> they're like, let's drink Sherry. And it, I'm like. Like, why do all these children know what Sherry is? It makes way more sense for JT's grandmother to drink Yeah, Sherry, exactly. But it still cracked me up. I'm like, I just like that he, you know, fake got his grandmother drunk. Yeah, to like give them money and be supportive all of a sudden. Sure. And then they're like, all right, let's ready to tell your parents. And so they go to Liberty's house and they're telling her parents. And like immediately they're like, 
like they're like why is jt here what's happening and he's like like i should be here because i am the father of your unborn grandchild or like says something like that and then they jt before this happened exactly so strange i'm like wait why do you guys hate jt like he's hung out at your house a lot and then both of her parents like freak the fuck out it looks like liberty's mom is like having a heart attack and they're like what are you talking about also, like, JT is so needlessly dramatic. He's like, the father of your first <laughs> grandchild. I'm like, oh, get it together, JT. Yeah. You do not need this kind of bravado for this situation. No, and but her dad amuses me because he delivers all of his lines with the exact same, like, inflection. Like, it's like this seething with anger but not quite yelling kind of thing where his voice gets high at the end. And he, <laughs> and he does it for every single line. I'm like, you are peak Disney villain. He also laughs at one point, and it sounds like the most maniacal villain laugh, and it's great. Yeah, and, like, JT and Liberty come into this, like, way too aggressively they're like yeah we're pregnant yeah i'm the child of your or i'm the the child i am a they are children like yeah i'm the father of your unborn grandchild like what of it we're gonna do it we have an apartment it's okay and they're like going into this in the exact wrong way but then their parents come back well first liberty's mom is like all right well like obviously we're gonna help you we're gonna figure this out like liberty like like we're gonna see what like we're we're gonna get through this and then and then Liberty's like, Oh, you mean except for JT, blah 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 and then her dad's like, I don't wanna see his face ever again and just like you are driving them away. Like, read the room, read their mood. Come on. Well and also okay, so I'm remembering now why they were already aggressive against JT because Liberty starts off by saying, I'm going to move in with JT. And her dad goes, why would you want to do that? (laughs) (laughs) To which I said, same. Like why? Um, Um, Like they, they should honestly, if they're going to keep the stupid baby, they should take them up on their offer and fucking stay. Cause it's stupid. Um, stupid that they're like, well, fuck you, mom and dad. And I think Liberty's reaction would be way different if she knew how they got the apartment. But instead, like, she thinks that they have the grandmother cushion and that they also have this apartment. And she's like, we got the apartment. We're done now, right? I'm like, you know that you have to pay for the baby and also the apartment forever. Her dad also, like, made, like, a comment that, like, we both were like, ugh, you you were right until just now, where he basically, like, implied that it was JT's fault. Liberty was pregnant. Like, you know, just JT's fault. He's the one who got you into this situation or something like that. It's like, no, it was consensual sex that they, they both had together. Um, yeah. I mean, maybe JT like thinking that he can handle a king sized condom for no reason (laughs) makes it his fault. But also Liberty was like, sure. Yeah. Liberty allowed it. And also she's the one who didn't even tell him she was pregnant for months, months, which is, crazy to me also the running gag of jt's small penis i just (laughs) that poor actor (laughs) yeah yeah so then they're like whatever we're living by ourselves like with or without you and the next (laughs) then the next scene is snake pulls up to school on his sport bike and is like in full-blown midlife crisis mode and everyone's like what the fuck is happening and then he comes into school and like starts like talking to miss hatsalakos who's like 
trying to talk to her the actual like motorcycle things and he's like what I don't know what you're talking about and she's like this is a new hobby isn't it and then but it's like also kind of almost flirting and I'm like is this when things begin to be creepy and gross yes it is <laughs> it's it's like borderline flirting but almost not but then she's like move the bike out of the like no parking zone now and I'm like good job so that part I liked, but I don't like when the flirting starts. Um, and they, they definitely do like a little of it, but it's not like major, but it's still not my favorite. Um, but also she's like, she's so like hot for motorcycle that I'm like, I mean, I get it. I, I don't. Not when he's wearing that outfit. God. <laughs> he looks like a dork. Yeah, he is a dork. Um, I love Snake, but he looks like a dork. <laughs> And then the next scene is JT's at work and Liberty comes in and like starts to like try to like joke around with him. And she's like, what? Not in the mood for pithy banter? And he's like, not really. And I'm really stressed out. And then the his boss comes over and is like, hey, JT, I noticed something was missing. And JT's like, wait, what? I didn't I didn't see anyone go back there. What? No. Like, do you think someone stole something? What's happening? And Worst the guy's liar. like, I'm like, he is guilty as hell. And the boss is like, no, I just noticed some pills were missing. I didn't say anyone stole anything. Like, just let me know if you like see anything. But like, he clearly can is like suspicious of JT already. And Liberty sees all this go down and she fucking knows. My I love I love this line. Liberty says, what's the most important thing in a relationship? And he goes, I don't know, love. <laughs> that made me laugh so much. I loved that. I also wrote that down. Um, yeah, no, that was great. I don't know, love. Um, yeah, it was It was just, it was, it was a lot. JT is super cool in a crisis. <laughs> he was just like, nothing happened. I'm fine. Oh, my God. I mean, oh my God. Do you think someone stole it? I didn't see anything. I'm like, first of all, he's the only other employee. <laughs> Except for Marco. Didn't Marco's mom used to work here? What happened to her? Yeah. Did she not work here anymore? No idea. Maybe they have different hours. Um. And yeah, so Liberty's like, no, it's not love. It's honesty. Tell me honestly, did you take it? And he admits he did. And she just starts to pummel him, <laughs> which I always loved. It was really funny. It was it, I was just like, you go, girl. Um, and then the security guard like gives them a look and she stops. But she's basically like, you didn't mature. You didn't change at all. And he's like, I changed. She's like, yeah, into a drug dealer and then leaves. And I'm like, all right. And the thing is, look, I think both of them, it's terrible. I think both of them are wrong, even though, I mean, obviously JT is very wrong. He's the one stealing drugs. But Liberty, I'm kind of like, okay, you put so much pressure on this kid to like grow up and be mature that he's the one that like he's the one taking responsibility for finding this apartment and getting the money for it, et cetera, et cetera. Like, as you pointed out, like Liberty doesn't have a job either. And she doesn't even mention possibly getting one even now that she's planning on moving away from her parents. Yeah. And he's like, well, like I'll go, I'll just go back to him, get the drugs back, give them the, the money back. back. It'll be fine. And she's like, you better figure it out. So then he goes to Toby and is like, Toby, I need help. Like you have bonds, right? I got in deep with this drug dealer. And he, Toby's like, I can't take my bonds. My mom would kill me. 
And then JT starts like knocking him around and Toby's like, get the fuck away from me. I'm not like giving you money. Bye. So then well, it's just Toby like. Toby acts like it's a joke at first and kind of is like laugh, like slightly laughing it off. Like, hey, that sucks kind of a thing. And I'm like, Toby, read the room. <laughs> He's really, really like deep in this right now. Yeah. It's ridiculous. Yeah, I mean, that was, like, one of my notes. I was like, Toby's really insensitive about this. Like, he just, like, does not give a shit. He's just like, ha-ha, sucks to be you. And I'm like, dude, you need to get it together. Well, I think at first he's like, wait, what? What's He's like, ha-ha, this is stupid. Oh, wait, no. Like, I'm not doing that. What are you talking about? And then JT, like, straight up, like, starts, like, ringing his, like, collar. And then he's like, fuck you for, like, pushing me around. And then storms off. It's like a whole... Like, I understand him being mad for JT for, like, you have to help me and, like, knocking him around. Um, but I don't know. It's whatever. But then we briefly, in between all of this spiral into despair that JT is going through, we are at the Nelson Simpson household and they're at dinner. And Manny brings up, like, oh, Mr. Simpson, like, looking pretty cool this morning, riding up to school. He made an entrance, is what she said. Right. And then Spike is like, what? Did he, like, pop a wheelie on his bike or something? And (laughs) (laughs) and then they're like, oh, no, like, the motorcycle. And she's like, um, what? Excuse me? And... They're just, like, super blowing up his spot. And I'm like, oh. And he's just like, Emma, Emma. And she, like, and I don't blame her, like, whether she noticed him, like, being like, stop it or not. Like, it's still, like, that's her mom. Like, she's she's not going to, like, help you fool her. But then we find out that he didn't buy the motorcycle yet. He's just, like, testing it out for a couple days because this guy is, like, looking to sell it. Yeah. And then... Spike is like, wait, what? How are you getting this bike with, like, coins from the couch cushions? And Mr. Sims is like, no, like, just let me talk about it. And Spike's like, we will talk about this later. Like, not at the dinner table. And that's the end of that conversation. But then the next scene, um, Jay and this drug dealer drive up in the orange car. Does the drug dealer even have a name? We don't ever hear it, I don't think we ever learn his name. Drug dealer number one. Yeah. And then... Jay, like, comes out of the car and, like, this is where he's wearing his tiny sunglasses. He's like, dude, what's going on? Like, where are the drugs? Like, I vouched for you. Blah, blah, blah. And JT's like, I don't have them. Like, I want to try to buy the drugs back. And the drug dealer comes out and is like, like, oh, okay, what are you talking about? And then he, like, punches him in the stomach. And then he's just, he, like, holds JT up against a car and is like, I want more drugs. (laughs) It is unbelievable. It is. It, it's it's so ridiculous. It's what a 12-year-old thinks happens at a drug deal. It's crazy. He's, first of all, broad daylight. Second of all, it's a terrible fight. It was like it was like a JT Danny fight. He, like, punched him one time and then, like, pushed him against a car and, like, shouted in his face. I was like... Fucking get it together, you shitty, shitty drug dealer. This feels like the fake drug deals like that we would see in like like educational films for like just say no or dare. You know? It, like, it, it feels like the it feels like that, but like but like middle schoolers are putting it on. Like it feels like 
like when your dare class is like you guys act out this scene <laughs> yes like that's Precisely. what it feels like with like some like kids who are like really into it especially because the line is i want more trucks <laughs> that's that was my favorite part of the whole scene it's like, like lines it's are ridiculous oxycodone sweet <laughs> and i want more drugs <laughs> It's ridiculous. So then the next scene, JT's at work and like some guy like steals something and runs out and like the Mr. McKay runs after him. And in the split second when he's not in the store anymore, JT like runs to the cupboard, finds the oxycodone, dumps pills in his pocket and like puts it back real fast. And Mr. McKay comes back in with the guy. He's like, I caught this guy red handed, like call security, blah, blah, blah. And JT's like, oh, okay. And like leaves the door open like a dumb mass and and mr mckay notices because he leaves the door open like a dumbass i got so mad i was like just close the fucking door like i don't know i mean he should have gotten caught because he's stealing from his place of business but like just close but the they door, also dude. shouldn't have allowed a 16 year old stock boy access to the drugs seriously why is that door unlocked when this man is leaving like i don't understand like i feel like those like those like back rooms would always be locked especially if you have like underage people working there and like yeah completely especially if some have gone missing recently and uh, and the fucking pharmacy is like in a shopping mall like it's not like it's like a, a cvs facing a parking lot like someone can be like shopping in the mall run in steal shit run out and like get lost in the mall instead of just like like being in the store i love that we're like dissecting the plot holes of how this fictional pharmacy works yeah i don't know um and then the next scene i believe snake and spike are fighting about the motorcycle but all i wrote down was snake is having the biggest bin life crisis i think he's like like I, like, I understand, like, I need to compromise and give up things for, like, my family and la, la, la. But, like, I don't, like, but, like, sometimes I feel like, is this all there is? Blah, blah, blah. And and Spike is just like, oh, yeah, sorry, we're cramping your style. Like, and they just have, like, a big fight and I don't really care about it because it's dumb. And then the next scene JT and Liberty are talking and JT's like, I couldn't figure it out. Like, I st- like la la la. And J- Liberty's like, well, maybe my dad can help because he's a lawyer. And JT's like, and no. he knows the mayor. That's true. <laughs> it's on his Wikipedia profile or Degrassipedia, Degrassi Wiki. I don't know what I'm saying. And then jt's like no but maybe like everything will be okay and mr mckay won't notice and i'm like yeah maybe he won't notice like hordes of pills are missing from his stores and then i think that it comes out that like he stole more well the thing is that it's not even like he's just taking a few he's taking he's like dumping them out like into his pockets like if he took like a few here and there he could still sell them i mean he wouldn't make the same kind of money but he would at least be getting away with it. I don't know. This is a stupid plan. He's 16 and has no clue what he's doing. And his no only idea. guidance is Jay. Jay. 
Um, I feel like that answers all of your questions. And then Liberty gets pissed at him again. And he's like, now you're a drug dealer. And like dramatically walks away and is not happy with him. And then, I'll, so a lot of my notes are disjointed at this point, And I don't totally remember sequence of events. Well, um, he goes to Jay, basically. Like, he's back at the ravine, and he's kind of broken. And he, like, gives the drugs to, or he gives, like, half the drugs or whatever to the drug dealer. And he's like, it's your problem now, or whatever. And the drug dealer, like, attacks him for, for no reason. I was no very reason. confused by this. I don't understand it. I think he's just, like, a volatile person. <laughs> and they and the writers were like, I feel like this is something an angry drug dealer would do. He just, like, jumps him, and Jay, like separates them and he's like i'm trying to stop him from killing you man and it's like and oh and and, 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 and it's coming up it's coming up i'm so excited i have to say it um okay and then like it, yeah so then jt is like down in the dumps he just got like beat up again for no reason he's like i lost my girl I lost my best friend. I lost my job and my family. And now I'm probably going to jail. And then Jay. And then Jay says, which is going to be my response to everything from now on. Hey, bummer times. (laughs) (laughs) At least there's a party. That's what he says. Yep. Hey, bummer times. At least there's a party. And I'm like, cool. Cool, like, channeling, like, Matthew McConaughey and Dazed and Confused. All right, all right, all right. Jay wishes. Right? He does keep fucking high school girls, though. Yeah. And then JT, and then, like, Jay walks away. And then JT just, like, stuffs a ton of pills in his mouth. Like, way too many. And I just wrote in all caps, that's too many! (laughs) He would have been fine with one. Um, but, but we, we also know, like, well, we'll get to that in a minute. Yeah. But then, but yeah, like, and then actually when, cause I think I actually yelled, that's too many. <laughs> and Cody pointed out like, we don't know the purpose for why he's taking the pills yet. It might not just be to get high, which is an excellent point and something that is validated later. Um, precisely. Yes. And then we're back with snake and Ms. H and there's weird flirting and i hate it yeah he talks about how he can't imagine her on a bike and she's like why because i'm a woman and he's like no because you're my principal and um which i found to be a funny line because i'm like she's not your principal she's your boss she's the student's principal but whatever anyway yeah and Um, he's talking about how like spike is making him choose between like the family and his bike and then miss hotzalakas is like oh yeah i remember when my husband had to make the choice between me and the intern i'm like first of all that's not the same thing also insight into like mrs h's past with her with peter's dad and then they're, yeah, it's like she's like, yeah, I used to be a real wild child. That was the one that got me. This part about being a wild child, I was like, okay, dude. <laughs> and it's like gross flirtiness that I'm not on board for. And then, and then we're back in the ravine, and like the drug dealer guy like throws a beer at JT and is like, hey man, this one's on me. And then JT opens it and it like fizzes everywhere. He's like, no, it's on me. And then he starts like kind of getting hazy and like passes out and it's scary and at least jay is concerned that something bad is happening he called him buddy at one point in that moment too and i was like oh this confirms the jay just just wants to be friends theory jay just wants to make friends also 
JT says, now it's on me. And then he pours it on his head, which is like such a like way too drunk or fucked up person, like in a crisis, <laughs> like, like normal human, not looking for like, not like getting weird. Like it's not really a thing that happens, but yeah, he just, now it's on me. And then he pours it on his head. Cause I guess like JT like still can't stop himself from making bad jokes when he's like on the verge of ODing. Oh, and then, yeah, so then he, like, things get crazy, and he collapses, and Jay, like, runs to him, and I'm like, oh, good, he's learned since Amy yeah. at the party. Yeah, what we learned here is that Jay cares more about Stock Boy than his friend Amy, <laughs> which is kind of a bummer. Amy, who, like, he hooked up with multiple times in the ravine versus Stock Boy. I, I mean, I think it's also just that, like, he's learned since then. Because at the time, he was like, she's just too drunk. But now he's like, oh, no. Last time, she had to have her stomach pumped. And this kid is on a lot of drugs. Also, he watched him take all those drugs. Why wasn't he like, dude, that's too many fucking drugs? Maybe Jay's actually never taken any of these drugs. I would not be surprised. <laughs> Jay's just a dork who tries to be cool. And then... The next scene, Snake is with Joey, who's, like, working on his car. It's, like, the next day. And then Snake is like, hey, can you, like, talk to your friend about the bike or whatever? And Joey's like, oh, okay, whatever. And then Snake, is like, pulls out a check. And he's like, yeah, because I want to buy it. And I'm like, oh, God, this is a terrible decision. And Joey's like, yeah, man, this is awesome. And it's, like, bad influence. All of this is bad. It's just a dumb thing that's happening. And then the next and final scene, we are at the hospital and Liberty's dad is like actually helping and being lawyery about the whole like drug thing that's happening with Mr. McKay, like we hear in passing. And then Liberty goes into the hospital room and talks to JT and she's like, JT, why did you do this? Were you like, were you trying to kill yourself? And JT like breaks down crying. He's like, I just didn't know what to do. Like everything was falling apart. And then Liberty's like, why would you want to leave us alone? La, la, la. And then finally, they like, she comes to the conclusion, like, neither of us are ready for this. Neither of us are stable enough for this. Like, I'm going to call the adoption agency. And I'm like, fucking finally. And then the episode ends on JT's cry face. Yeah, because I mentioned he like had his stomach pumped and that he's on suicide watch, etc., um and it's really sad it's really sad but also i found it interesting that in two episodes we did a role reversal because it started off with jt being like adoption 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 and liberty being like no and then by the end jt is like i want i was trying to help us keep the baby and liberty's like adoption <laughs> yeah finally i just it only like, took finally it only took her boyfriend ODing for her to realize that maybe adoption would be a good idea if she just listened to him in the first scene none of this would have happened seriously it's just uh jt i just feel so bad but you know he's gonna get through this part at least so i mean i i i can't i just oh jt i love jt so much because yeah. he feels like a real like to me jt felt like one of the most real characters like he felt like a real teenage boy with a real teenage boy like mistakes if that makes sense 
No, yeah. That, that drug dealer did sense. not feel like a real <laughs> drug dealer. <laughs> but, drug JT dealer. <laughs> but JT felt like a real teenage boy. Yeah, that drug dealer was the opposite of real. Um, But that's the episode. And I will just read a quick YouTube comment that we found. Um, It's from John Jartinez. Hartinez? I don't know. Four months ago. And it just says, Jay is a life ruiner. He ruins people's lives. He's also a pusher. He pushes people. That's true. <laughs> so many Mean Girls quotes can be applied to him in this episode. Um, But who do we think is the spirit squad captain of this episode? Oh. Everyone is sort of horrible. Um, uh, Spike? I'm going to go with Spike. She takes care of the baby. She, she, uh, she tells Snake he's being dumb. She's got great hair. She does have great hair. I'm going to go with Miss Sauve, the only adult in this entire situation who gave them good advice in the entire episode, and it was in the beginning. I'm going to go with Paige, because she's not involved. She's just running this cancer thing. <laughs> this, I think this is, like, the most, like uninvolved spirit squad <laughs> captains we've ever had because look at the main players in this you have jt and liberty both of whom are making bad decisions both all of their parents are making bad decisions toby's maybe the only logical one here and he's and toby. he kind of lashes out at one point emma and peter are both horrible bad. even manny and craig are kind of ugh. snake, snake. Is blah. joey is miss hasalakos is blah. No like everyone is terrible in this episode yeah um ship of the episode so here are options jt and liberty who are making bad choices although i'll probably still pick them because when they were working they were cute um uh peter and emma no (laughs) manny and craig Eh. uh snake and spike who are having issues or snake and miss h no not even an option. You know what? I'm just going to go with Joey and Diane because they look happy. <laughs> I'm going to go JT and Liberty. I am too. I just, I want those crazy kids to work it out. I feel for them. Also, I know this is one of the, one of the only times where they had moments of happiness. That's a good point. So, you guys, for like this episode, like as far as like, bummer two-parter episodes go like this is not the most bummer of them like this is like mostly fine um it's like dramatic as hell but it's really like it's not like depressing and you're not like you're not like i'm here to reevaluate like the last episode that you were on we had like real talks about like mental health and like we were just like you guys we need to talk about this and it was like real serious and this isn't but like still everyone in this episode like individually is such like a Ah, like kind of person that we can't like figure out who wins anything i also choose to believe that skinny aunt sally and drug dealer number one have a sitcom going on <laughs> i would watch that show oh my god where there's like weird love triangle between aunt sally skinny and drug drug dealer number one I would watch that show. It would be great. It, Random cameos by Jay. It would. It would. But like, you know that it would be on CBS and like have a laugh track. Like it would yeah. be very Three's Company, but like ridiculous. 
I want that show so bad. You know that drug dealer, that drug dealer and Skinny know each other. It, at the very least, at the very least, they've like punched each other before. Yes. Oh my god. They both had weird hats going on too. Um, moral of the episode: Don't sell drugs. Don't sell drugs. Um. Like, just talk to an adult when you're six months pregnant. Like, be responsible about your body, especially when you're pregnant. Don't try to take matters into your own hands. Like, I think, again, it's just, like, know when to ask for help. And asking for help is okay when you're in a scary situation. Don't feel like you need to, like, take everything on yourself, especially when you're, like, 15 years old. Yeah. I think that's... I think that's fair. Yeah. Um, do we have grapevine? We think we probably have some grapevines we need to go over that I have not looked at at all. Oh, we do. I would love to do it. Uh, okay. This person is going is in first door because hey, I'm not saying real words right now, um, <laughs> but you're gonna get. A- <laughs> I'm like looking at my phone and talking at the same time. In for so, a store. I'm like, what am I selling? What's happening? Is it in store for a real treat is what I was trying to say, but I was also on my phone. Um, Millennials. <laughs> but yes, we do have an iTunes review from the lovely, let me find it. Ina Bowers, I think she follows us on Twitter as well. And I will give you some direction. Okay. Oh, my God. It's perfect for this episode because she says, and FYI, my favorite growing up was always JT because the first episode of Degrassi I ever saw was his last. And I thought he was so sweet to Liberty with zero context whatsoever. So looks like we're shipping her with JT. Ina, you're going to get a fan fiction written for you by a published author, which I think is pretty cool. <laughs> okay. Okay. I've got it now. All right. So this takes place somewhere sophomore, junior year for JT some point when he and Liberty aren't together um but he is going on an audition for a new commercial um that is hopefully better than the weird fries one (laughs) super fly super fly fries so he's going on an audition and there's a bunch of people there and you're there because your father is the casting director for this audition and you're just chilling there after school because you've got nothing better to do And JT sees you and he walks across the room and is like flirting with you a little bit, being, you know, kind of sweet and goofy. And you're having none of it. You're like, look, if you think flirting with me is going to get you, get you the part, you're so wrong. Like my dad does, does not care. And JT's like, I didn't even know you were his daughter. And you're like, yeah, right. Whatever. Good luck on your audition. (laughs) So JT goes in. And he comes back out and he's still flirting with you. But of course, he doesn't know who got the part yet. And then a few weeks later, you're at another audition uh, and waiting, you know, for your dad to get done. And JT walks in and you're like, why are you here? You're not even like this is a audition for like a 40 year old man. Like what, <laughs> what's going on? And he's like, I just came back to show you that I wasn't just flirting with you because I thought I would get the part. Cause I didn't get the part and I'm still flirting with you. 
and it's adorable. And then you guys go to the mall and go see Clown Academy five or something. I don't know. Um, and the end. Yay! <laughs> it was adorable. I love it. Um, so we have like some tweets, but I I think we should save them for the next time, maybe. Okay. Um, but the only I just wanted to give a shout out to Brandy B Historic at It's the Brandy and correct ourselves because she's like. Do you mean murder ball, not monster ball? We've been talking about monster ball. <laughs> I thought that too, by the way. Monster not ball's a, thing. a movie. Not a thing, apparently. But murder ball is actually what we meant. Also, there was a documentary. Also, I think it's just rugby and not basketball. That's well, when I clicked on the Wikipedia link for murder ball, it was like a documentary about like wheelchair rugby. But I feel that like would it's make, also that would make the murder part make more sense because rugby is rough, man. Yeah. So I think that so that that seems to be what makes the most sense. Um, so thank you, Brandy, for like letting us know because I was like, oh, we're dumb and we need to start <laughs> fucking Googling. Like I kind of knew, but I mostly didn't know. I was like, right. That seems like a thing. And um, the only other one um. Uh, that I'm going to shout out now. We'll do the rest. The next episode is from Sarah at Sarah can't wait, but spelled like W E I G H T. Um, and she says, uh, also I know it's already been talked about, but in season one, episode one, they do show Emma's username and it is sparkle spaz. So fucking nailed it. Um, and plugs, plug, plug, plugs, right? Um, so yeah, uh, I didn't mention this earlier, but, um, I am an author. Um, I am the author of several books, uh, including The Duff, which was turned into a movie last year. Um, you can find me on social media, um, on Twitter at, at Cody, that's with a K, K-O-D-Y underscore Keplinger, uh, and on Instagram, just at Cody Keplinger and, or my website, which is CodyKeplinger.com. It's all very easy. It's just my name. <laughs> all your name. And you can find us if you want to be featured in the grapevine or whatever. If you need to reach out to us, if you ha- if we make any mistakes. Um, we are at Twitter. Uh, we're on Twitter at DegrassiPod. You can also find us on Tumblr at whateverittakespodcast.tumblr.com. Uh, you can also email us at whatever it takes podcast at gmail.com. Uh, and we're on SoundCloud. You can leave comments on our episodes there and send us messages and listen to the episodes. And we're also on iTunes. And if you rate, you can rate, review, subscribe. That'd be cool. And if you leave us a review, you will get your own fun fan fiction between you and a Degrassi character. And feel free to give us any direction what kind of things you're interested in, including people, what have you. And you can follow me on Instagram and Twitter at Hollandtacular. And you can follow me on Instagram and Twitter at KelSucks with a Z at the end. And Cody, what do you want to recommend to the good people? Oh my gosh, y'all go first. I have to sort through like five things. <laughs> okay, so I am going to recommend um, Jen Kirkman's new special. It's called Just Keep Living, um, and it's on Netflix, and it's amazing. And I was actually there for the like actual live taping, um, and it was so funny. And they edited it really well, and it's just so good. It's so good, and she's she's the queen of my heart. So <laughs> Jen Kirkman, Just Keep Living on Netflix. Fucking watch it. 
I've definitely been meaning to watch that. Also, something else on Netflix, which I just started watching last night. I've only watched like three and a half episodes of this, but it's a show called The Magicians. I think it's actually a sci-fi show, but it's basically about these people who like, it's like even after college, they find out that they have like magical powers and they go to this school. It's kind of like Hogwarts for adults. It's like an adult Harry Potter type of a show that I'm super into, even though it's kind of cheesy because it's a sci-fi network show, but I'm into it and it's great and everyone should watch it. It's a book too. Oh yeah. It's based on a book. Um, uh, so I, I'm actually going to base my recommendation on something you recommended uh, a couple weeks ago, Kelsey. You recommended Limetown, mm-hmm. which is awesome. And if you like Limetown, you have to check out um, this podcast called The Black Tapes Podcast. Uh, it's, a similar, it's a similar concept in that it's sort of done. It's, a fic- it's, it's fictional. It's scripted. But it's done like a serial sort of thing. Only it's more paranormal we're talking like ghosty demony kind of stuff um and it's so well done i listen to a lot of fiction podcasts this is by far the best acted that i've heard to the point where sometimes like i have to stop and remind myself that it's not real (laughs) um because the actors are so good and if you like that it has a spinoff show called tannis which is um kind of I don't know how to explain Tannis at all. It's that kind of show that I don't know how to explain it, but it's also kind of paranormally supernaturally. And it's, they're both just so good and you get so emotionally invested in like the characters. And I, both of them have two seasons out now and I am desperate for the next seasons of both. Like I, these were the kind of podcasts that when the new episode came out every week, I was like hitting refresh on Twitter waiting for them to link so I could listen like I just had to know what would happen next it's really good just subscribed <laughs> so that good. sounds awesome um but all right I think that's all we got for today on this very long episode um but thanks for listening everyone and thank you again so much Cody for being here thank on you our show for having me I always like it it's fun we're always really excited to have you on and we're already in talks of like when you're going to come back for season six. I mean, I think the obvious choice is the JT and Liberty conclusion. <laughs> and maybe we'll keep you on for the episode after that. So you can yell about Toby. <laughs> maybe we'll just do like I, two in a row with I, you. Oh, I have a lot of Toby yelly feelings. <laughs> oh, I know. We're really excited, but thank you again for coming and hanging out. Thank you. And thank you. Panthers. Um, have a good, I don't know when this goes out. Couple of days until you hear from us again. <laughs> Bye Panthers. Bye Panthers. Bye Panthers.